0: before we go on our sabbatical Uh, actually no I'll be speaking at 252 men so you will see me there as well so man I get to speak on the Holy Spirit today I cannot wait I won't be speaking much because it's better when he does the work amen but before we get into the word I just wanted to invite the worship team back up once again to just lead us in that little bit of that song Um, pour your spirit out we need a fresh wind don't we need a fresh wind don't we need a sweeping of the power and the presence of god i mean to be honest i'd rather not even speak i just rather him like blow his presence in this place to blow away dead religion to blow away bitterness to blow away resentment to just let the power the presence the oil of the spirit come and open in this place come on can we lift our hands towards heaven come on worship team come on would you ask him to pour it out today Hands up. Ask them to come on down. Ask them to burn like a fire in your heart, to fill you to overflowing. Oh, come on. The presence. chapter 16 verse 5 through 7 says this it's jesus speaking before he ascends to heaven he says this to his people he says but now i go away to him who sent me And none of you ask me where you're going, but because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. They were were feeling heavy because Jesus was leaving them. and, And he was saying, man, I see as I'm telling you these things that sorrow is filling your heart. But he says like this, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit will not come to you but if I depart, I will send him to you. Holy Spirit, we thank you you're here. Jesus, we thank you you sent your spirit here to be the truth, to be our comfort, to be our peace, to be the fire that consumes all impurities. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Would you already start doing what you've already begun? Continue to do it. Continue breaking chains. Heal the sick in this place. Lord, I pray for miracles to break out in this place. Lord, people who are dead on the inside, breathe your life, breathe your power, and bring them to life in the name of Jesus. We honor you, Holy Spirit of God, and we welcome you in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Amen. Who's been enjoying our Holy Spirit series awesome you know after salvation obviously salvation is the greatest gift the biggest miracle is having something dead and bring it back to life and that is what salvation is we were once dead in our trespasses we were dead in our sin but by the Spirit of God he makes us alive in him that is the greatest gift but I would say this the greatest advantage To the Christian after salvation, the greatest benefit, the greatest blessing, the greatest gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's the third person of the Godhead. That means he's the third person of the Trinity. He is a person, not a thing. We can actually grieve the Holy Spirit, but we can honor the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verse 25 and 26, it says this. These things, again, Jesus is speaking to the people. These things I have spoken to you while remaining with you. But the helper, can you say helper? Helper. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Say all all things. He will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. You know, I don't think we understand the weight of the word helper. I want you to feel that word for a moment helper. He is our helper. He is our helper when we don't know what to do, when we don't know which direction to take. He's our guide. When we're feeling powerless, he is fire. When we need peace, he's our comfort. When we don't know how to pray, which sometimes I'll be honest with you, there are moments in my life where I don't know how to pray. And I need the Holy Spirit to intercede for me. He intercedes on our behalf. Some of you may not understand what that word intercession or intercede means. It means someone who stands in the gap for you, someone who prays for you, who who persists in prayer for you. The Holy Spirit persists in prayer for us. He leads us and he convicts us. He teaches us how to pray. He leads us when the path in front of us seems uncertain. He's the one nudging us when... Something feels wrong or something feels off on the inside. I don't know about you, but I often sometimes when I see something or something feels off, I'm just like, thank you, Holy Spirit, for the discernment to see when something's right but not quite right. When we are crushed, he is producing new wine in us. Now I want you to know I didn't say red wine, I said new wine. And maybe you didn't get confused but there was a time where I got confused. I was invited to sing at a memorial for a wonderful woman in our church who went to be with the Lord. She was one of the grandmas of this house and before she passed, she knew her time to be with the Lord was coming and she requested that I would sing at her memorial. And she requested that I sung that song, New Wine, from Hillsong. So I got up, I was so honored, and I'm singing my heart out. The only problem is, I wasn't singing, you know, you make new wine out of the crushing. I was like, you are making red wine. And I'm singing at the memorial that Jesus is making, red wine. And I noticed a few people were looking at me like, that's not the lyrics on the screen, Pastor Miriam, but I promise you, my eyes were focused on the Lord, but um, for some reason, I got confused between new wine that he makes out of us in the crushing and red wine that is also made out of crushing. But anyway, I didn't think you guys got confused, but just in case you did, I'd let you know a bit of my story. (laughs) But the truth is the Holy Spirit, when we are crushed by life, When we are crushed in circumstances, when we are crushed in disappointing times in our life, don't despise the crushing because in the crushing, he is making new wine. He is making new wine. The Holy Spirit is our helper and we need to get better at calling on him when we need something instead of just trying to call on everything and everyone around us. Sometimes when we're left to our own, when we can't get that friend on the phone that we thought we could and you're just left to yourself, the Holy Spirit's like, Finally, now, can I, now I can empower him or her with help from on high because even though it's good going to people and it's good getting prayer from others, there is something divine when we connect directly to the Holy Ghost and ask for his help in those moments. He is the helper. Last week, we learned of some of the symbols of the Holy Spirit. My husband spoke on the dove, representing peace, right? We spoke on the river of God. We spoke about fire. We spoke about a little bit about wine. And today, I want to speak to you about the oil of the Spirit and the wind of the Spirit. But before we go into that, I just want to refresh us on some of these symbols. See, these symbols, they help us understand Him. They help us understand his role in our lives or in the world, in the church. It helps us understand how he helps us and how he is active and always at work. So we talked about the dove. Let's talk about the dove for another moment. He represents peace. See, the Holy Spirit... He leads us in peace even in moments of chaos. Why is it that Christians, in the moment of chaos, in the moment where everything is being flipped upside down, we have a peace that surpasses all understanding? It's because we've got the dove, we've got the Holy Spirit. Now, if you don't feel peace in moments of chaos, that's okay. You can just remind yourself, oh, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me again. Holy Spirit, fill me to overflowing because we have access to him at every moment, every day. We talked about the river of God, and that represents the never-ending flow of the life of God and his endless grace and mercy. You see, the Holy Spirit is a living water. The living water is the cleansing nature that we receive from him at salvation. Oh, the river of God, it's good. It flows. Like everything of God flows from the river of God. It's an ever-ending flow of grace and mercy and all that we need. It's found in the river of God. Fire represents the Holy Spirit's righteous nature. It speaks to his purity and his refining presence. It's the fire that brings forth passion and power that makes us effective. We see this in Acts chapter 2. We see it throughout all of scripture, to be honest, but I love the way it's displayed in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came upon the new believers who were waiting for him. Tongues of fire were seen above their heads, and suddenly they were clothed with kingdom, power, and passion. You see, that fire of the Spirit took ordinary people and became extraordinary for the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of ordinary stuff happening out there. I don't want, well, actually, a lot of crazy stuff happening out there. But the truth is, I don't want to just be ordinary. I want to live for kingdom purpose. I want the extra of the kingdom so we can become extraordinary, not for self-glory, but to bring him honor, not for self-whatever, but to give him praise. We need to live extraordinary lives because through the power of the Holy Spirit, as we pray for people, we can believe for the miracles of heaven to break loose in people's lives. I want to talk about the oil of the spirit, and we're going to pick up a passage in the book of Matthew. Jesus is sharing with the disciples and those who would listen in the crowd about the 10 bridesmaids. Other translations would call it the 10 virgins. And we're going to read this whole passage here starting in verse 1 through 13. And it says like this. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps. Now, when you think of lamp, don't think of the lamp you have in your living room. Think about the old lamps that you needed to put oil inside of it. And you need to carry it around. You see it in these cute, like, what's that place called? Crate and barrel? No. The other one that you eat. Cracker barrel. Someone said it. That's the one. The one that you eat. You know, I'm always thinking about food. But you see the little lanterns in there, the little lamps. That's the kind I want you to think about. All right, so... It says like this, they took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, say delayed, Delayed. they all became drowsy and fell asleep slackers anyway at midnight they were roused by the shouts look the bridegroom is coming come out and meet him all the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps then the five foolish ones asked the others please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out but the others replied we don't have enough for all of us go to a shop and buy some for yourselves Such sassy girls. But verse 10, But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. In this passage, we see two groups of bridesmaids, five bridesmaids who were ready with more oil for their lamps and five who weren't. The lamps that were used in these days, they needed oil to work. The oil lit the flame and provided light for the darkness. They could have the lamp with them at night, but if there was no oil in them, they were no good. They needed the oil to light the way. They needed the oil to be able to see and discern. They needed the oil to light up the lamp so that the darkness could not blind them. Five were not prepared and ready with the extra oil. And five, and those five that were not ready, they knew what they were waiting for, though. Isn't it funny? They weren't ready with the extra oil, but they were dressed for the occasion, they showed up to the occasion. They were dressed for the occasion, they showed up for the occasion, they knew where to go to meet the bridegroom. They had all the stuff, but they weren't prepared. They weren't ready. They weren't ready for Perhaps the delay, perhaps the midnight hour. They weren't ready for when things didn't go the way they thought they were supposed to go. See, normally the bride is late, but in this situation, it didn't show up the way they thought. And so they weren't prepared. They didn't have oil on reserve. They didn't realize that they needed to keep that lamp filled up for when things happened outside of the way it was supposed to, they were still ready. The other five were ready to keep filling the lamp with oil. They knew to stay ready. They knew to stay prepared. They knew to stay filled up. Here's the thing. So many of us, when the crap hits the fan, sorry for that illustration. I couldn't think of another one in that moment. But when stuff happens, sometimes we go into chaos mode. And instead of just living prepared, living filled with the Spirit, when things happen, we go into crisis mode. But when you're filled with the Spirit, you go into Jesus mode. You go into Holy Ghost ghost mode you're ready you're filled you've got oil unreserved you wake up every morning here's the thing especially those of us in ministry those of us in the school world those of us doing ministry outside of the four walls you don't have to get ready just stay ready here's the thing so many of us feel like oh I gotta get ready because you never know No, no 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 stay in the word daily stay in his presence daily ask him to fill you daily that's how you stay ready We overcomplicate the presence of God. We overcomplicate the being filled with the Spirit. Don't overcomplicate it. They knew the things, they knew these five smart girls knew that things aren't always on our timetable. Things don't always pan out the way we think they will. When the bridegroom was delayed, they kept those lamps They were ready. They stayed prepared. That oil kept burning. You see, being filled with the Spirit is being filled with the oil. So in the midnight hour, when things are heavy and dark, when things seem confusing, when you need direction and you don't know which way to go, when you're lost, when you wonder where God is. You have oil in your lamp and that oil means you're full of him. You're full of the spirit, full of the dove, full of the fire, full of the living water. You are ready for the unexpected. You are ready to call on the Holy Spirit because he's pouring out on you. We keep those lamps burning by filling up in his presence, his word, by asking him to fill us daily. And let me tell you, we need lamps in this church. We need lamps in this nation. We need lamps in this world who are full with the oil of the spirit. There's enough dead churches in the world. There's enough churches that are just performing. No, we need the oil of the spirit to burn us up. We need the oil of the spirit to make a difference. We need the oil of the spirit to light the flame and keep it burning he provides the oil but we got to keep filling it we got to keep asking him to fill us we need churches full of the oil give me the oil of the spirit can you say that with me give me the oil of the spirit come on say it again because i need another sip of water You see, that oil is the anointing on your life. It is the oil of the spirit that takes us from natural gifting to supernatural gifting, from ordinary living to extraordinary living, from some good things here on earth to a life filled with abundance. It's the anointing that takes an ordinary job and turns it into the greatest mission field an adventure perhaps that job that you dread going to every morning what if you fill yourself with the holy spirit ask the holy spirit to empower you with his anointing and suddenly what was this annoying dreadful job becomes the greatest adventure of your life because now you're on god's mission not just your own you see gifting is the inherent ability to do something well We've all been gifted with something. Even if you don't think so, we've all been gifted with something. But you see, the anointing is the divine enablement to do something beyond natural ability. For some of you, going to work with joy is an anointing because you don't have it within you and you need the, something beyond natural ability to smile at your boss. <laughs> now, all of our staff can smile at us. It's fine. We're, we're very happy people. <laughs> But I'm grateful for my gifts, but I'll be honest with you, I want the anointing. I'm grateful for the natural gifts that God has given us, but I want more than that. I want the anointing because I want the power of God so that I can see other people free, so that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we see miracles through us. Don't wait just for pastors. Don't wait just for ministers to believe God with you. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the oil of the Spirit within you, and you can believe just like I can because the same Spirit that conquered the grave lives in you and lives in me. The same way I could pray for someone to get healed, you could pray for someone to get healed. The same way I could believe for someone to be set free, you can believe for someone to be set free too. We have the oil of the Spirit. Lastly, today I want to ask the worship team, and it's going to be a short message because I want us to take a few moments at the end of this message to really press into the Holy Spirit and ask Him to fill us. I really want him to come and just do something powerful and unlock something powerful in this house. I want to talk about the wind of the spirit. The word spirit in the Hebrew is pronounced ruah. I said it wrong, but it's okay. It's something like that. Okay, ruah, which means breath and wind. The wind or breath symbolizes the life and the movement of the Holy Spirit. I want us to read a really amazing passage in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, verse 9 through 14. Ezekiel, I'm such an old school girl. I always have my Bible up here with me. But Ezekiel 37, and being old school is cool school, just so you know. I love being old school. 37 verses 9 through 14. It says like this. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into the bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. It's so funny, people who wind up running out of the oil of the spirit and they've been Christians for 20 or 30 years, they sound a little bit like this passage. They sound a little bit like old, dry bones who have no joy, who have no goodness, who have no peace. The fruits of the Spirit are absent in their life, and they are lacking the breath of the Holy Spirit. They are lacking the wind of the Holy Spirit. He said, the the people are saying, we've become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Can we get the worship team up? This is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord Spoken. I want you to notice here in verse 14, after the breath had come, after he spoke to the winds, after he spoke to the, the dry bones, it says here, I will put my spirit in you as the breath of God came. The spirit of God came alive in him and then suddenly the dry bones became a great army i believe across churches around the nations of the world there's a whole lot of dead bones And a whole lot of people who have not called upon the Holy Spirit to breathe his life, to come as a fresh wind. We need the wind of the Spirit to sweep through our churches. We need the wind of the Spirit to sweep across this nation. We need the wind of the Spirit to come and blow away all dead religion. We need the Spirit of God, a fresh wind, a fresh touch to come and blow away all dead religion all Pharisee spirit we need a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit to burn away bitterness to burn away resentment to burn away apathy oh we need a fresh winds of the Spirit Holy Spirit sweep in this place Holy Spirit oh the Spirit of God in us is the breath of God and the breath of God is like a mighty wind Oh, it's like a mighty wind. Get that in your spirit. In Acts chapter two, verse two, when the Holy Spirit came upon the church, it was like a mighty roar. And they were shaken in that place. They were clothed with power. They were clothed with authority. We need churches clothed with power. We need Christians clothed with authority. We need a fresh touch, a fresh wind. Holy Spirit, come i on this church, Holy Spirit come. Oh, we need a fresh touch. You know, winds can be refreshing, but winds, strong winds can destroy anything in its path. A nice wind on a warm day is pleasant and refreshing, but raging winds during a storm can be catastrophic. catastrophic. We want the wind of his spirit in his church to come in, not just to refresh those who need refreshing, but we need a raging wind to blow away all sin, to blow away the flesh, to blow away hardened hearts. Oh my goodness. Oh, we need the move of the spirit. I remember there was a time, you guys can sit, we have like two more minutes before... I remember there was a time not too long ago actually I, I kind of alluded to it earlier in the message where I woke up so heavy so heavy and over a situation and in my flesh I wanted retaliation and in my flesh I just I felt stuck I just felt hardened anyone ever felt like your heart has been hardened just like ugh. and I just and I started calling Pastor Alex Seeley, I started calling all my pastor friends, like, I need someone, and no one was available. I felt so alone, actually. I felt very like, how do I feel so alone right now, God? Like, I have all my pastor friends, I have friends here at church, like, what? And the Holy Spirit's like, good. You don't need to talk to them right now. You need a move of the Spirit to break that heart and heart. And I was like, and it actually in that moment, I started crying. And I remember just him inviting me to just pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you speak in a new tongue. And it's a heavenly tongue. You can't learn it. No one can teach you how to do it. It literally just flows out of you when you're truly baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we can pray for that later for you. It's powerful. And I remember being literally praying, and I was just there, and I didn't know how to pray. I was angry, I was hurt, I felt bitter, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, just pray. Ask for the winds of the Holy Spirit to just blow away the hardness. And I just started praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, and when I had started praying, my heart was cold as ice. By the time I finished praying, it was almost as if the wind of the Spirit came and blew away all that hardness, all that bitterness, and suddenly my heart was back to that flesh in a good way. That flesh heart, that soft heart, that heart that was ready to love, forgive, and go again. And here's the thing, that's what we need to do. We need to wait on the winds of the Holy Spirit when your flesh is telling you to go opposite. You rely on the Spirit of God. You rely on the oil of the anointing. You rely on the fresh wind of the Holy Ghost. come, to soften you, to lead you in all truth. The Holy Spirit comes where he's welcomed. He comes where we give him room to move. He comes where people are hungry and thirsty for him. See, the Holy Spirit is gentle like a dove, yet he's powerful like the winds of a hurricane. He is refreshing like like a river and rain, yet he is fierce like fire. He produces wine from the crushing and pours out his oil to anoint us. This is the Holy Spirit, our helper, our intercessor, our peace, and our guide. And I'm going to invite you all to stand. We need the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit here in our church. Over this summer, as you saw, we're going to be going on our first ever sabbatical after leading 18 years, and you are going to be in such great hands. But we're believing for a move of God. Because here's the thing, you can only go from glory to glory when you're moving with the Spirit. You see, going from glory to glory, it requires action. And I want the action of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is blowing one way, guess what? I want to go with Him. If the Holy Spirit Spirit's telling our church to go in a certain direction, guess what? I want to go in that direction. If the Holy Spirit Spirit's moving us in a certain way, I want to be sensitive. I want to be surrendered enough to say, Holy Spirit, show me what you're doing, because I want to get on board. Holy Spirit, we need to start asking him daily to fill us up when we come up on empty ask him to fill you again before we worship for a little bit as a church another symbol of the Holy Spirit is the seal of the Holy Spirit you receive that seal at salvation and so I want to invite anybody in this room today who has never placed their faith their hope in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins to say, God, I, I know I can't do it on my own, but I give you my life. Would you forgive me my sins? I want to I know you. I want you to be Lord of my life. At that moment, when you say yes to Jesus and you receive his forgiveness, we receive the seal, the stamp of the Holy Spirit that is then given on the last day. And we walk in and we have our lives in eternity with God the Father. I don't know about you, but I, I remember years ago when I gave my life to Christ and I received that seal. If there's anybody in here today who you don't know Jesus yet, you haven't experienced him, you haven't, like, you haven't experienced this power of the Holy Spirit, this peace, this fire, this rain, this river, this, this oil, you haven't experienced the goodness that is given to us, I wanna tell you it is available to you today. If anybody's in this room and you're saying yes I want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior I want the seal of the Holy Spirit with every eye closed head bowed if that is you would you raise your hand so I could pray for you all across this room yes I see those hands there yep I see those hands I see those two hands here and that hand there those hands over there as well that's awesome I see that hand over there son that's awesome yep that's amazing you can lower your hands we're going to pray together together as a church Holy Spirit thank you for sending your son Jesus to dime the cross for me today I give my life to you I put my faith in you forgive me of my sins I receive your Holy Spirit today in Jesus name amen